Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded Lejande, the one and only, the daddy It's the very tired but equally beautiful <laughs> Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode 349. As always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show and also to Mark Devlin for giving up some of his Sunday evening for us. I'm sure that you'll found some of his uh, answers really insightful, all of his answers really insightful, and, and a lot of the points he made uh, were well received. So this week, two games, two very different games, plus news from the past seven days. has been quite a bit going on, but let's crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our podcast sponsor. We certainly do. They are Carol Angley Florists. They're based in Chinkford and have served the borough of Waltham Forest for over the last 70 years. They've got a fantastic team there. can do anything for you from weddings, family funerals, birthdays, anniversaries, bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, and like we mentioned last week, Mothering Sunday is on the way, so last chance saloon almost by the time you listen to this to get your orders into John and the team, and as you know, and as Jaden Sweeney knows, as he was in the shop yeah. on Saturday morning ordering his flowers, it goes in there a little bit actually, but that's a sign of quality, a returning O, he gets 15% off, as will you when you go into the shop and mention that you are an Orient fan, that could be a huge saving on any flowering costs you have. So if that sounds like a plan to you, if you've got an order to put in, you can give the team a call on the phone on 0208 529 4130. You can go on their website. They can be found at www.carolangley.co.uk or you can go on social media. You can inquire on their various different platforms. Instagram, you can find the team with Carol Langley Flores. You can find the guys on Twitter, Carol Langley E4. Or you can also find the guys on Facebook at Carol Langley Flores. Like we said, Mother's Day, Mothering Sunday coming up next Sunday as we record this. So get your orders in and make yourself a hero in your own home. Indeed, absolutely right. Uh, supporters Club update for you as well. Now Saturday the 9th of March, that's next week as we record now. We're off to Wigan, big old journey this. Coaches are leaving at 8 o'clock. The fare is just 30 quid. Concessions are £36 and kids travel for 20 then on Saturday the 16th of March the following week we're away to Stevenage we've got a 3 o'clock kick off there this is a one off fare 25 quid, uh, kids are 13 quid and coaches will be leaving at the later time of midday remember uh, that's obviously from the supporters club and obviously those prices don't include your match day ticket, there's a £3 surcharge if you're not a member and all children must travel with an adult so to book on either of those trips now you need to um, contact the travel line which is 07507 539 579 and just a quick plug in case you haven't already done so the Starman Awards are happening at the end of April um, if you haven't already got your tickets uh, get in touch with the supporters club um, you can do that pretty easily Absolutely. Be a good night to see everyone there. Just one piece of AOB this week. It's always a pleasure to meet listeners of the podcast and fellow O's fans, even greater when they uh, vacate or in your own local station. So Mark Moulds, we've obviously had messages with Mark before on Facebook. Great to meet you in person, Mark, before the game at Devon Station, uh, before the um, Bristol Rovers game. I forgot who we played. It was so entertaining. I forgot who we played. Before the Bristol Rovers game, great to catch up. And thanks for all your support of the podcast. Indeed. So let's move on then to Happy Monday, the 26th of February. Happy birthday to Leighton Orient legend, U Terry Howard. Hope you had a great day. 58 years 58 young. 58 years young indeed. I Doesn't believe. look a day over 50, that guy. <laughs> Never ages. <laughs> 
at half past <coughs> six in the evening. O's chairman Nigel Travis and CEO Mark Devlin went live on the club's YouTube channel. They had a fan Q&A. They covered loads of stuff. Obviously, we had Mark on last week, so I'm not going to cover everything that was said on the Q&A. That's available on the club's YouTube channel. Very informative. Goes into a lot of detail uh, about what was discussed last week. And obviously, Nigel put out the uh, statement uh, about investment. So it's a bit of a follow-on from that. But well worth watching at 18 minutes. Very, very... Um, Lots of questions covered in yes. that, but yeah, broadly speaking, I think we covered it with Mark last week, thanks, so but always good to get um, uh, the chairman and, and the CEO uh, on a live Q&A, shows the uh, great fan engagement, so keep that up. Tuesday, the 27th of February to Huey Tuesday, very happy birthday to the, another legend, this one is David Dodd, chairman of the Supporters Club, so well played, uh, happy birthday to you David, lovely to see you, thank you for the... Um, uh, what are they called? Bakewell Tart. Very nice. When was this? Uh, in the supporters club after the game. Oh, all right. Yeah, if you if you miss if you don't go in, you don't get. So Tuesday no, night. Nice. Tuesday night. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, happy birthday, David. I have to go for my Bakewell Tart. Very <laughs> Too late. Shortly. I'll eat them all. All right. So before Paul was dining on Bakewell Tarts <laughs> and celebrating three points, the O's had a difficult game at home to Blackpool at six forty-five. The team was announced with Bringle, Galbraith, Beckles, Cooper, and James at the back. El Mazzuni and Brown holding up the midfield with Ford, Moncur and O'Neill, you're free. And Saturu up top on the bench. We had Howes, Sweeney, Hunt, Prattley, Sanders, Adu Ajay and Carlin Edwards. Yeah, that meant there was one change for the O's from the team that lined up against Oxford on Saturday. Jordan Brown returned to the starting lineup following his suspension now being served. He took Darren Prattley's place. Darren dropped to the bench. XO Marvin Ekpeteta lined up for our opponents. Blackpool has done very well there, Marvin. Uh, I saw him coming out uh, as I was walking home. Very much taller than what I remember. Big Marv. Big Marv is very big. Your thoughts on that lineup? Exactly as I expected. Eleven out of eleven on Fan Hub. Obviously, Dan Prattley's done very well, but having Jordan Brown available um, from suspension again, I think I thought was a bit of a no-brainer for me. Obviously, Darren's played a lot of football. Um, Okay. In Jordan's absence, so exactly as I expected. Because yeah. signing, I looked at that team and I thought, yeah, that's probably what I would want it to face Blackpool. And again, on the bench, due to the injuries of the squad, I think that's the best we're going to get out of it. But yep. no complaints. Yeah, same. I predicted that lineup as well. Best we have right now, as you quite rightly say. And I think you're right. You know, Jordan Brown is a fresher set of legs than Darren mm. Prattley anyway, just the fact of, of age and, and all the rest of it. But that being said, you know, Jordan's had a two-week break, so he's he. It's always good to be able to put fresh players in, yep. and it showed. All right, we had quite a few tweets when that lineup was announced. PF zero one zero triple six. So great to see Jordan Brown back. Gets the ball forward a lot quicker than Prattley. Yeah, David Carroll one said Brown coming back as expected. I would have brought Hunt and Edwards back in to freshen up, but Galbraith and Ruel making. I think maybe you said making the bait, yeah. Making Safe hands, yeah. zero zero. It says Brown is a big, big player. I hope O'Neill has the same impact that he had against Northampton on the last Tuesday night home game. Yeah, uh, so the match kicked off on a chilly night in Brisbane Road with the O's knowing a win against their seaside visitors would lift them to eighth place in League One and would keep our faint playoff hopes alive. And in a nice touch, there was a minute's applause for former Orient legend Stan Bowles, who yeah. sadly passed away. Uh, over the weekend. Nice touch from the club there. Not much to report in this one until the 10th minute after Blackpool created the first opportunity of the match as Dembele put in a cross that was just out of Beasley's reach. Yeah, fast forward now to the 23rd minute. Marvin Ekpeteta's misplaced pass was pounced on by Shaq Ford. He drove forward square to Ruel. 
the ball just had a little bit too much on it. He missed the ball, um, and man, but although Ruel did recover well, kept possession, eventually got his shot off. But Grimshaw ended up making the low save. A minute later, some great work by Ollie O'Neill on the left uh, as he put it across. That was met by Brown, but his first time effort was saved well by Grimshaw from point blank range. Yeah, good spell by us for that few minutes that led up to that. And Marvin had misplaced quite a well, at least two or three passes, so he looked a little bit nervous, not like him. Um, but great for us, obviously. It's just a shame we weren't able to capitalise. Yeah, I thought the first 15 with Blackpool were on top and then we grew it into it. I think Marvin Epicetta loves Orient, right? So he's yeah. misplacing every pass yeah. that he can. Omar Beckles on the half-hour mark found Rael Satiriou with a flick on from a Tom James throw. The ball fell to Georgie Moncur, but his snapshot went just wide. Yeah, 39 minutes on the clock. Now, Byers had an effort for the visitor, which went over the crossbar from around 20 yards out. Yeah, 42nd minute. Georgie Boy tried to call an effort into the far corner from the left-hand side of the area. Grimshaw was able though, to gather the ball. And a minute of additional time was played with no further talking points. The referee blew the whistle with the teams going in goalless at half-time. Yeah, all right. So attendance announced at half-time is 7,198 with 549 Blackpool fans making that long, long On a journey. Tuesday night. I've done that. That's a long That's a long, that is long, a long journey. journey. Did that, I, that was our last game. We played them in the league remember. before we got relegated out that is a long journey remember who scored in that game yes Jen uh, yeah. No, yeah it Jen, is Jen's chance yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we lost anyway but great yeah. thunderbolt of a shot as well if I remember rightly yeah I was doing Tough Mudder I remember I missed it because I had Tough Mudder but that was like, that was the last league game before yeah. the uh, relegation alright yeah. what a memory we, us boys have there was mm. one sub for the O's at half time George Von Kerr came off he was replaced by Rob Hunt so Rob Hunt then went to right back with Ethan Galbraith now being pushed upfield into the number 10 role. Yeah, 51 minutes on the clock. The O's got a breakthrough goal for the same uh, for, uh, goal for some good pressing in midfield from uh, Idris El Mazzouni. He saw Blackpool turnover possession. Ball came to Ruel, drove forward, passed to Ollie O'Neill to his left, who smashed the ball past Grimshaw and into the far corner of the net to make it 1 0 to the Orient for the first time sending Brisbane Road utterly crazy. Great finish. Well Indeed. done, Real. Real does really well, actually, to be fair. Drives forward, plays the right pass. Weighted the pass as well. Played it rightly. O'Neill just scores goals when he gets no situations. I think he hits the target. Made it look like a very easy finish. I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. Love his stuff. Love to see it. Third goal in four games as well. Love to see it. Well really played. Good. Ollie O'Neill really making his stamp on that kind of left attacking forward slot. He looks slot. so dangerous. Whenever he gets the ball, he looks like he's... I don't, you know... When Theo came to us, this is no criticism of Theo, by the way, or judgment, but when Theo came to us, he was very direct, getting at players, going past them, knocking it round them, nutmegging them, all these kind of tricks. Ollie O'Neill has come in and he's doing that now. Theo has kind of maybe refined his play a little bit more, but we need someone who can be direct and push that full back, further back, because he needs to give him a yard, because he's tricky, because he can knock it round him or go round him, because he's got that ability. It's very exciting to watch, and every time he gets on the ball, the expectation is he's going to do something magic, but you can't put that pressure on him. He's already set himself that level of expectation. Bear in mind as well, he's not that much older than Caden Edwards. And look at the difference in, in the way they both kind of play or their impact on Dif- the pitch. It's, um, yeah. Different players, though, aren't they? Bit one being a winger. Going by age and potential, mm-hmm. I'm happy to have Premier League cast offs young cast-offs if they're ready for League One football mm. and clearly Ollie O'Neill arguably he's probably ready for Championship football based on the, the little football I've seen playing League One where like you said three and four ripping his right back's a new one pretty much every game 
has been impactful, whether mm. it's on as a sub or starting. Mm. So we found a gem there, but I guess for that gem, we've also got two players. I, I, again, he's a loan signing, so there's obviously a difference between the players and the way yeah, we've looked yeah. at them. Yeah. But yeah, Oli O'Neill, absolutely astounding, great impact. So we're going to skip forward now to the 72nd minute. Not much was actually happening in the game. There were nice little pass movements with little end product from both teams, I think it's fair to say. We looked fairly comfortable, but in the 72nd minute, we had a good chance to double the lead. But Shaq thought it had a bit of an awkward touch. Many had to kind of turn back from the right when the ball came to him. Balling came to Jordan Brown. Then came out to Oli O'Neill, but neither shot first time. Bit too much, I guess, dillying, dallying. The moment was gone. Yeah. The chance is gone. Yeah, absolutely right. Idris picked up a booking for a foul in the 73rd minute. Now, that was his 10th booking, but one of them was in the FA Cup. Thankfully, which Which meant... apparently doesn't count, although someone in the South Stand Bar afterwards said it does count. The one that doesn't count is the EFL trophy where you've got the under-21s 20, okay. kids. But if that wasn't his 10th booking, if that was his 10th booking, then we've just played a player that shouldn't have been playing. At some, the, if the, the, if the, the FA club wouldn't be playing a player who wasn't. It, ha- it has happened, not with us, but it does happen. I'd, I'd be, yeah. The FA don't listen, so it's fine. We can talk about <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. But yeah. no, obviously that was his ninth booking per the league. Yeah, and I think he's, as long as he doesn't count. get booked against Wigan, I believe, is that's the cut off. That's the cut off. So hopefully he doesn't get booked, and then he can get as many bookings as what he wants. I think for the rest of the season, I don't think there's. I don't think there's no, there is another upper, oh, is upper threshold. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I remember searching this for Jordan Brown. Calm down, and just... I can do that. I can look into that. Second, Orient sub was made in the 74th minute. Shaq Ford was replaced by Max Sanders and Ethan Galbraith went to right of attack with Max then going into the number 10 position. Yeah, indeed he did. And um, 79 minutes on the clock now. Superb ball from Real Soteriu found Ethan Galbraith who had space to head towards goal but his first touch unfortunately let him down. He passed back to Ruel who scuffed the shot that hit two Blackpool defenders. It certainly did. 80 minutes in, Jordan Brown made a superb challenge, recovery challenge in the middle of the park. It's Beasley looked to turn, then was subbed a minute later, in place of 10 more years, Darren Prattley. Darren Prattley's still got the best collection of songs song from the really fan base. Has, absolutely. 87 minutes, Ethan Galbraith was replaced by Kayon Edwards. Yeah, seven additional minutes went up on the board, and in the third minute, superb run from Real Sotoy, who really was giving him an epiteta, a lot to think about. I saw him drive into the box, but his shot was powered by Grimshaw out to O'Neill, who then shot just wide. Yeah, unlucky that. Great play. So late in the game as well. The fact that they're still pushing to get a second goal so late in the game, bearing in mind how tired they must be. Uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So no further talking point. Yeah, absolutely right. No action, no talking points. Referee blew the full-time whistle with the O's winning again to leave Brisbane Road rocking all over the world as our playoff hopes remain very much alive. They very much did at that point. So Richie Williams spoke to David Victor after the game. Now normally when we do a Sunday night podcast, we play a snippet from the Saturday. We're going to reverse it this week because Richie kind of gave a good breakdown uh, of kind of what his thinking was behind getting sent off at Oxford United. So if you listened to last week's episode, you would have heard, I guess myself in particular, I'd be quite critical of Richie's behaviour. I didn't like it. I think Richie listens to this podcast. Hello, Mr. Wellens, sir, if you're listening. And I appreciate you uh, breaking down the reasons for that. But just in case you haven't heard it, we're going to play the snippet of Richie talking about his sending off. Uh, so well played, Richie. A nice one. I'll explain what my red card was because some supporters don't know. Why should a manager who's, hold, who's touching the ball get... Um, or let's say we did, did delay the start. Why should he get a red when the players are yellow? He's just making Rod thrown back. They make the decisions were harder for the refs, more confrontational. Anyway, go back to 
to Oxford, okay? I'm telling Cleo on the video, Solbrin, to kick it for a throw in because Shaq Ford needs to come off. We put the card in and Kayon Edwards is there, ready to come on, okay? He then shanks it into my hand. We wanted it a little bit further for a throw in. The fact that their striker has jumped in front of um, Sol means it hasn't gone as far. The ball comes straight to me, I catch him, and I look at the ref and I say it's a foul. And as I say a foul, I turn around and say, we'll make the sub. But the fact that their right back has tried to grab the ball off me makes it something that it shouldn't be. I let go of the ball, the ball is in my hand for three seconds, however delayed the game. If I let the ball go and don't touch it, it takes longer than three seconds to get the ball back. I turn around to the full official, yes, can we make the sub, please? And then they just don't, they don't even come over and say, Rich, what were you doing there? Well, we've had, we put the card in, we want a substitution. And it just becomes a dialogue between them. I thought the fourth today was very, very, very good. But some of them, and then I, some of people have probably watched, but I'm going on here, aren't I? But I'm enjoying it, so um, I may as well get my money's worth. Um, and then I watch Klopp, and he's effing and blind. It's a passionate game. And by the way, I was a player that was a passionate player. And when I got to 35, 36, I lost that passion. You know what I've done? I quit. Yeah? And I have passion as a manager. And the day that I arrive to do my job and I have no passion is a day I will retire to my house in Dubai and I will lie on a beach and you will not see me again. Okay, but I have that passion. But I see Jurgen Klopp showing passion and then he whacks the fourth official on the back. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then lo and behold, Pochettino is playing right wing at Wembley, 40 yards from his box. No yellow card. No just be consistent and stop. Listen, if we step outside our box, look at the size of a box. It's a six by, it's a three metre by three metre box. The ones at Wembley, I see Arteta running left wing every time down at, and this is not a slant against these managers. He's a top manager who are passionate. Why are we taking out the, go and watch Italian football if you're going to be boring and slow and technical or a French league. It's boring. English football is about passion and about our supporters loving it. I will do the job as long as possible while I have this passion for our supporters. But you're killing us financially for a start because that's beans on toast in my house for a month. My February wage will not be doing anything. But let us enjoy the game. We're always worried about touching the ball or speaking wrong to the ref. I, mean, I, I get sometimes that you should not throw your arms because it looks bad. But if it's a penalty, like it should have been a penalty when Ethan Bagal Brave is going up for a header, I'm done. I'm going on too long. All right. Well, thank you, Richie. I was going to ask about... So that was Dave there talking to Richie and Richie, explaining what happened at Oxford United last Saturday. So that win and three points saw the O's move up a place to eighth in League One. Played 35, won 15, drawn nine, lost 11. Goal difference now of plus one and on 54 points. A bit of Lejanda, your views on Tuesday evening? Yeah, sorry, just to come back to the yellow card ban type thing. Ten yellows accumulated by week 32 will be a two-match ban. And 15 yellows by week 38 means a three-match ban. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're okay with that. So yeah, so uh, Blackpool, wow. Um, another first-class performance, yeah. I thought. Um, I thought Blackpool looked really average. Poor to an extent. I expected more. Maybe it's because I expected more from them. Same as Oxford. I expected more from Oxford, but didn't really see it. Uh, I thought to a man we were excellent. Closing down, high press. They didn't like it. They couldn't live with us, and and they just no player likes that sort of pressure. And the fact that we do that is 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 a real real pleasure to watch. 
you could see towards the end of the game the players were tiring quite a bit. So no complaints from me that perhaps the quality tailed off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm completely on board with it. Um, I mean, is it a coincidence that Oli O'Neill scored in the fifty-first minute yeah. on Saturday against Oxford, and again in the fifty-first minute against Blackpool? Great to see our wide men getting amongst the goals as well. Um, two and two for him. I thought Blackpool were bang average, like I said. Um, but it's a huge compliment to us to, that we're making these big that's, teams. That, look. I think I think that's the key point. When people say Oxford were poor and Blackpool were poor, yeah, to a certain extent, but that's only because Orion, like you said, don't give them a chance on the ball, hurry them and pressure them into mistakes, and Absolutely. when they the ball, keep the ball. So, yeah, I guess it depends on what way people look at it. We make it hard for them to get the ball Absolutely, back because yeah. we're not just long balling it, you know, straight down to yeah. their keeper to then distribute themselves. Don't They're keeping it and making them work. Don't forget Blackpool, pre-playing us, beat Bolton 4-1. Yeah. After playing us, went to Shrewsbury yesterday and won 2-0. They're not a rubbish team by any stretch of the imagination. We just made them look, like you said, bang 100%. average. So, absolutely. Yeah, I just, I, I can't articulate any more kind of positivity <laughs> about yeah. it it was a brilliant performance it was, yeah. I wasn't expecting that result um, it was fantastic I think they're all doing extremely well I think we've got an awful lot to be positive about um, playoffs dare to dream absolutely you know it's one of those yeah I mean for you yeah like you said very <coughs> strong performance well, everyone battled for the shirt I think we've yeah. sat here on an Outlook podcast towers many an episode and moaned about plays not giving 100% or appearing not interested over the years. I think that's definitely one thing you can't say about this team. All fighting for that shirt. I guess very mm-hmm. reminiscent of Slade's team, mm-hmm. I think, to a certain extent. Um, like, just pointed out, I'm not saying Blackpool were poor. They're not a poor team. I think we were just excellent. I thought Brown and Idris in particular, in the middle of the park, controlled it. Idris has been immense, and Brown, you could really saw his impact when he came back. Ollie O'Neill, we've already mentioned it. Big, big player. Could be huge for us. Um, especially the next season I think it could, could be mega Yeah. and at that point I just ended by saying the dream is is still alive just get into that top six so those were our views I guess as you can imagine listening loads of views came in it's one from the full time all so positive all positive and just because we read them does not mean we agree with them indeed Deward underscore seven kicks off this week and says this sort of game we would have lost a couple of years ago great across the park tonight everyone put in a shift and which he didn't get sent off. <laughs> like it. Steve, LOFC, it's a great result once again against a team who are no mugs. Makes you wonder what we could be capable of with less injuries. But I won't be greedy because all I wanted at the start was not to go straight back down. Jeff D. Graves said, such a superb performance. The team just keeps driving forward. Have no idea how they had the energy to cover so much ground tonight after Saturday. O'Neill is a revelation. The untold game said Spurs paid £30 million for Bissouma. United paid £60 million for Casemiro. Chelsea paid £100 million for Casido. And we signed Jordan Brown on a free. Now, that got a lot of traction, that's right. That did get a lot of traction. We showed Jordan that on Insta. Uh, and he appreciated it. So, lovely tweet there. Well played. I Heart Rushmore said, love that. Bossed the midfield, a brilliant pass it, pressing of their defence. O'Neill could be something special, but great to see Cooper and James playing so well also. Good point. I thought Cooper was very good, and James getting back to his best as well. Like we said, all 11, you couldn't really fault any no. of the 11 on the pitch, so really strong uh, performances there. Well made points there from Stephen. See Gibson underscore 89 said, what Richie is getting out of this squad of players is insane. What a thoroughly hard-fought three points. Made Blackpool look like a bang average team. 
Have to find a way, though, to follow it up on Saturday. Safe hand, 0-0. Zero, zero. So we're a class side, quality all over the pitch. Nine wins in the last 13. Imagine if we'd not lost our first three games of the season. We are the form team and chasing down that playoff spot like a rat up a drain pipe. Good point. True. Stephen, LOFC, NUFC, said O'Neill will get the attention deservedly. But I thought Beckles was immense. El Mazzuni played his standard brilliant game. And Satiru battled well against Ekpatessa. All good points. I think Satiru grew into the game massively. Oh, I think Epitus is a good defender. He is, yeah. So two ran him ragged in the second half. Omiz, like mentioned. And again, lots of love for Beckles after. He's had a tough time, Beckles, the last two or three weeks. But, yeah. but played very well on Tuesday night, I would say. Did very well. Dijon's 1988 said, A scrappy game, but I'll take a scrappy 1-0 wins all the way to the end of April. I thought that Cooper looked more solid tonight and seems to be improving each game. We have a free shot for the rest of the season, so let's enjoy the next two months of football with no pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Final word, this one goes to Painting Orient, who said, Let the magnitude of this result sink in. We went toe-to-toe with a strong team, brimming with confidence after thumping Bolton, and increasingly pressing and harrying them into offering little threat in the second half. Terrific work rate from all involved so soon after Oxford. Indeed. So that wraps up the... I mean, that was a brief roundup of the general consensus of how people were feeling. So Prediction League then, well done to uh, D. Rolf Doyle, Stephen LOFC, NUFC, LOFC underscore Cam, East London Exile, Safehand00, Dan William H and Tony underscore Antonio. Congrats to you all. You correctly predicted a 1-0 win. Didn't predict the scorer, so it is just the three points. We'll do a prediction league table roundup at the end of the show. Yeah, we certainly will. So Wednesday, the 28th of February, and the young O's were in action away at Stevenage. We'll round this one up quickly. They took the lead in the 15th minute as Al Sadi made it 1-0 as he found the ball on the edge of the area, beat two players in his path. Space opened up for him, and he drilled an effort into the bottom right corner, and we doubled the lead in the 31st minute as Hayden Buller stole the ball in the final third. He found Divine Samuel in acres of space, and he sorted it home. 2-0. Yeah, things got even better for the O's in the 39th minute as Rion smith Kowasi beat two players before breaking down the right flank, carrying his momentum forward into the box, fired a low shot, beat the keeper to make it 3-0. Oh, to complete Sounds a scorcher, doesn't it, that one? Utter outrageous first half. In the 42nd minute, Dan Carter ran rampant through the heart of the midfield. He found Hayden Bullas in space from the outside of the box. He unleashed a powerful effort low into the ground, find in the bottom left corner to make it 4-0, which is how the half ended. Yeah, names keep coming up. Dan Carter, Smith Kowasi. Yeah. Names that we'll hopefully be seeing around the first team and they're not too distant. 48th minute, Ivan Emerson, um, I probably pronounced that correctly, Ivan, I, incorrectly, I apologise. He picked up his second yellow for the O's and was sent off and despite two goals for Steve Nidge in the second half and lots of pressure, the young O's saw out the match to win 4-2. So well done, to the young O's, fantastic result. Always good to get one over Stephen. <laughs> I love to see it. So Thursday, the 29th of February, <coughs> the club announced that Richie Wellens has been charged by the FA. Short statement came out from them saying it is alleged that the manager acted in an improper manner around the 85th minute, which led to his dismissal. He has until Monday, the 4th of March, to provide a response. So at that point, I was like, right, well, it means he's going to be in the dugout for the Bristol Rovers game. Yeah. And then we just wait and see if he appeal it, which I don't think he will. I'm pretty sure he won't because obviously if you appeal it and you get found guilty, it's a longer ban. He basically, we're not going to do it, but in his post-match, he says that he's pretty much not going to do mm. that. So yeah. now it's just wait and see how long the ban's going to be. Hopefully it won't be too long. Fingers crossed on that one. I guess we'll see what what comes out of that. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Mm. Um, okay, in the afternoon... The club announced the signing of centre-back Jack Simpson, having signed a short-term deal with the O's until the end of the season, with the option of extending his deal 
in the summer. You're all right. So Jack was a free agent, obviously, because the transfer window is uh, over, but you can still sign a free agent. So Jack was a free agent. He left Cardiff City, having received a six-game ban and an £8,000 fine for racism against a former teammate that I'm sure has been well documented that everyone knows about. So, Billy Lejande, let's have your views on this one. Yes, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's like, it, it's like a tumbleweed blowing across our outlook podcast. Don't, <laughs> don't want to be discussing this kind of business, to be no. honest with you. Um, he made a terrible and very horrible mistake. Um, and unfortunately for him, this type of mud sticks quite badly. Uh, he's been punished for it. He's been given a second chance. In his interview, he comes across remorseful to me, regretful of that incident. Um, he said he was up front with the players. Um, you know, at Orient of what had happened, how it had happened and it would never happen again and it was out of character for him. I've listened to Omar's interview mm. about it and I, you know, take on board what he says and also Rich's comments as well that he deserves a second chance. Uh, we're giving him that second chance and I hope he repays the faith that the club have shown in him and, and acts, acts properly and appropriately. But it, it's never nice to be making a signing that has a mud that's yeah that you don't want it's, it's a difficult one and i appreciate that from what he said that some of the fan base would be upset by this signing of course um you know there are worse people in the game um in terms of you know the guy that drink drunk drove and murdered and, mm-hmm. and, and, and killed someone and, and and all sorts of people i'm not justifying that but it is difficult and yeah it's a controversial signing i mean let's no be honest it's one i wouldn't think orient would make if i'm completely honest with the culture that's been bound uh, at the club I mean look I'm not sure I agree with it morally however I'm sure I don't agree morally with lots of footballers out there you know if I, if I know what's being said behind closed doors you know um, yeah. unfortunately football isn't one of morals and if he plays well I think this is what it will come down to if he comes into the team which he will do because he's above league one level based on his previous playing career and he wouldn't have even looked at Leighton Orient had this not happened, let's be honest on that mm. one as well. If he comes in and plays well, as harsh as it sounds, I don't think anyone's really going to care. And that, that might sound ridiculous, but we saw the same with Paul Terry, when Paul Terry was appointed assistant manager, with a massive outrage. Three weeks later, when the team's starting to turn its wheels and flying, everyone forgets about the outrage they felt about Paul Terry because time heals the situation. As unfortunate and as uncaring as that sounds to people who are very unhappy with this signing, which I completely get. That's what will happen. And I don't think this is only until the end of the season. Even the club suite said with, you know, potentially looking at extending his deal. This is a deal with next season in mind, in my eyes. If we get him, he gets a few games at the end of the season and he's ready then for next season, he'll probably end up getting a two-year deal as long as he isn't absolutely appalling, I would say. And based on his previous clubs, he isn't. Hmm. You know, let, let, let's be honest. Although the only thing I would say is a bit odd. I think someone, I've seen a few tweets saying he's only played 4,900 minutes. For someone of his age, that actually isn't that much football that he's played first team. So I don't know if he's come off the bench a lot or not been first choice where he is. Obviously, Rangers, Bournemouth and Cardiff is pretty decent as a club base of where you've previously pedigree. been. Mm. Decent pedigree. But yeah, look, see it both sides. Richie Wellington sees a free agent who's or Martin Link, or whoever has decided to sign him or get those negotiations going, they've seen this player, great experience, played at a much higher level than Leighton Orient and got on that 
should we take a chance on this guy? Let's get him in, which they've done. Yeah. You yeah. can tell he's been training with the team. You know, I think we know he played against Southampton. What in that behind closed doors for only two weeks ago? So it's not a rash get him in, sign him on the spot. They've obviously got him in, integrated him in training, which Omar Beckles alluded to, and I thought Omar Beckles came across really well in his interview. Although I think that was a very clever interview on part of the club for getting someone like Omar on, someone who believes in second chances, is a very faithful man and articulates his beliefs very strongly and always oh, wow. really well. Yeah. So I thought that, I thought that was a clever touch there from the club. And I think Richie gave a good description of why. So see it from both angles. Let's hope it is a right sign. Let's hope it is is sorry, let's hope it is out of character. Because no one knows the guy, right? Everyone can say it's out of character. No one's known him at Orient for more than three weeks, four weeks. So let's hope it is out of character. Yeah. Let's hope he has a a long and prosperous career at Orient with no drama. Yeah. And then to that he has a uh, his partner is is Indian or, or Asian as well. So you know, you you'd think that he wouldn't be harbouring those sorts of um irrational thoughts. But yeah, to your point, he's played sixty two games in his career yeah. in, in nine years. At Bournemouth for six years. He played in the championship last season, nineteen games he played, so you think for someone that's been around I mean two years he didn't play a game at all could have had bad could injuries could have been injured to be fair um, or just there were players ahead of him that, that, that were just keeping him out so look you know it's one of those it is difficult it is tricky um, and he came through the academy at, uh, at Bournemouth when, when he joined them at 12 so interesting one yeah. interesting to see how this pans out I mean the club would have done their due diligence on him they, did. They, would, they wouldn't have Which just said, said yeah, as much. Yeah. Absolutely right. As you can imagine, lots and lots of tweets when this was announced. We're going to mention a few for balance. The tipping Tim said, don't know what to think about this one. Probably a great signing from a footballing perspective. And his interview does just genuine remorse. But the story of his exit from Cardiff is grim. I don't think I'll be singing his name. It's an interesting tweet. Dave Brew, 47976911, said, I think I'll trust Richie and the board over this. They've talked with him, seen him in training, and we haven't. Yeah, J one ME eighteen eighty one. So the more I see about him on and off the pitch, the less this signing makes sense. Bad call from the club. I feel. Hob Jim seven one zero four said, surely they would have talked to players like Beckles and this. What with his role uh, in the PFA, I'd like to hear his view. As many said, was never going to be a great look. Yeah, obviously Beckles is interview is uh, up on the YouTube yeah. channel. And squash Shivan Pasak are disappointed that this is who we've signed. I'm an O's fan in part. Because I've never felt anything than warmly welcomed in E10, and our fans are just brilliant. But the club itself doesn't have a zero tolerance policy to racist language, and that is a huge shame. Pank P007 said, During the 70s and 80s, me, my family, and people who looked like me had the P word shouted at us. One of the reasons I came to E10 10 years ago with my son was for the complete ease at which I felt, and still do. So while I see the reasons, this is a tough one for me to deal with, and I completely get that. Absolutely, I do completely sim- empathise with with both Shivam and and Pank as well. There, they're great people, and yeah, hopefully this doesn't turn out to be a bad signing. Yeah, absolutely. Rekka Blue App said we all chastised Omazuzi, Mackie, Paul Terry when they signed for the club. I think Ricciotto held up a bank at gunpoint. I think I was reading when um people were like that before he signed for us. So. Well, yeah, yeah, Elliot Omazuzi was done for witness intimidation yeah. for for a gang that he was involved in. Yeah. So even travelled out of London to go and intimidate this person. So Ricky Blurt went on to say, hope he can redeem himself with a second chance, but can understand why people were upset and angry. Yeah, Casey Adams, LOFC, said, what Jack did was wrong. Yes. Had he been punished and apologised? Yes. Does he deserve a second chance? Yes. Footballers have done far worse and been given a second chance, so why shouldn't he? You live and learn. 
welcome Jack. Steve Chapman Force, an interesting one this. Can't say I'm generally comfortable with this signing. However, he did seem genuinely contrite in his interview and I'm certain that senior pros like Prattley and Beckles, particularly given his PFA role, will assist in his mm. rehabilitation. I also appreciate that some supporters will see things differently. He was, I did watch Jack's interview. It, it seemed like quite an emotional interview to give. Like, yeah. You could tell like, it was very emotive, I guess, as it would be. I think he thought that no club would touch him, and I think he feels relieved. No club has touched him. Well, no, absolutely. Since he, he got you let tell, go You can tell the relief, I guess, in his kind of thinking, not only for him, but his family. Um, Get his career back well on track. Yeah. It's a massive opportunity for him. One, two words in one moment could have killed his career. Absolutely. Stupidly behaved. And that's why you don't drink alcohol to that extent. But that's another story. El Cuado said, I'm not a huge fan of this signing based on his previous behaviour. However, this signing comes with some sort of community work talking about what he's done, like what we made Elliot Amazuzi do when he re-signed. This, then maybe this could work well for both him and the club. That's a good shout because he got let go, served the prison sentence, mm. but then we brought him back. And he did a lot of work within the community to talk about gang culture and gang violence and... and that kind of rehabilitation sort of thing. So yeah, maybe something like that could work. Absolutely. All right, lots of strong views on that one, as you'd expect. So that, that was the signing of Jack Simpson rounded up. And in the evening, it was the glad rags on as it was the BBC London Football Awards where Richie Wellens was up for Manager of the Year and Theo Archibald was up for Player of the Year. And unfortunately, both of them went home empty-handed as a Manager of the Year went to a guy who'd only been Manager of a London Football Club for about four months. Yeah. And same for the player who was Alfie May, who's only been at Charlton for four oh, months as well. So unlucky stupid. Richie, unlucky when, Theo. When David Moyes had won a European Championship, when Emma Hayes had won two cups, when Richie Wellens had won one cup well, a promotion, utterly stupid. I don't know how either of those two have done it. So BBC, you have let yourselves down quite badly there. <laughs> Friday the Friday the first. Well, how you? It, it, I watched Ange Postecoglou's interview, and he's like, he was embarrassed. Yeah. He was like, I don't know how I've won this. I don't know how, how I've done I'm grateful, but I don't know how I've deserved uh, how I'm deserving of this because I've only been there for four bloody months. He's not super Richie Wellens. And he's not won anything. Alright, he's turned the club around, but that's not warranting of being yeah. manager of the year for twenty twenty three when you've only been there for four months. Utterly stupid. <laughs> Friday the first of March, then happy Saint David's Day to all those who celebrate. Absolutely. If you're listening anywhere in Wales, we hope you had the best time on Friday. And along with five other players on Friday, Oli O'Neill has been nominated for the League One PFA Player of the Month for February. He's had an amazing month. However, this is a public vote. You can find the link on the club's social media channels. We wish Oli good luck. If you remember, Dan Adji was up for January. He lost out to Derby, uh, James Collins of Derby. It's a public vote, so it probably isn't going to go Ollie's way, although he deserves it. So I'm sure the club will re-put this Get a tweet chance, yeah. go and vote for Ollie because he's up against a Barnsley player, Adam Phillips, who scored two against us. And to be fair, he's scored a few more since then. We seem to have rejuvenated his season. Yeah. And there's someone else from Pompey. And again, you don't need me to say how widely Pompey is supported in the League One. Yeah, so it'll be very right. difficult. Good luck, Ollie. Anyway. Indeed. Saturday, the 2nd of March now, as we crack on, the club announced its February Goal of the Month nominations were Shaq Ford for his goal against Carlisle at home, Idris's goal away at Port Vale, Ruel's goal at home to Northampton and George's, uh, George Moncur's goal uh, away at Oxford last week. Thoughts well, on that? When I saw those nominations, all four are pretty good goals, actually, and all four could probably win given the quality of goals in other months. However, there can only be one. There was no doubt in my mind Ross Satori against Northampton Town was going to win that. Probably the worst goal of the four, but just for the emotive feeling and 
that it brings back when you're watching that goal. I was like, because it was the winning goal. Public vote. I'm like, so two was winning that all day long. Yeah. Don't even need to think twice about that one. And he did. As he was awarded the goal of the month award for his strike against Northampton just before uh, kick off on yeah. Saturday. So well done to Rural. But like all four could have been worth winners to be fair. That, that was an easy award to make uh, for Dave <laughs> Blitz and the team at ET Clay as well. Youth team update on Saturday. The under-18s looked to carry on their exceptional run of form as they took on Swindon Town in their first Merit League One game this season. Uh, the first time they've actually featured in the Merit League uh, Merit League One for seven years. I nicked that off the um, Twitter account for the, for the uh, Young O's. So uh, appreciate them putting that information. It's always good to to know where they are and what they're doing. You cheeky boy, you, Mr Levy. It's what we do. <laughs> it was the O's who took the lead in the 42nd minute. Divine Samuel was fouled in the box. He got up and stepped up, dispatched his penalty to put us ahead 1-0. And that's how the teams went in at half-time. Yeah, we doubled our lead in the 60th minute. It was a great run from Carter. Dan Carter, again, saw Ooh. him cut back to Al Sadi, who cut onto his left foot and curled an effort into the top left corner, made it 2-0. And it's 3-0 just four minutes later, as the aforementioned Carter once again played a delightful ball through to Al Sadi. He quickly passed into Abdi Muhammad uh, before getting wiped out. The referee played advantage. Muhammad smashed the effort, beating the keeper at the near post. Yeah, and he has completed the scoring in the 71st minute as a mistake in defence from Swindon. So Al Sadi steal the ball. He was away in the box. He slotted the ball into the bottom corner. 4-0. And that's how the game finished. Well done, Young O's. What a week. What Two a week. wins. Scoring goals for fun. Dan Carter, uh, Al Sadi, like you said, Smith Kawazi, several names. Divine Samuel. Abdul Mohammed, yeah. All smashing it. Some yeah. Big, big players coming up through there. Very much so. Very much so. Look forward to maybe them going out on loan. Uh, to uh, uh, get some experience against men and see how well they do. Mate, at the moment, if you've got two two kids from other clubs. Could do worse than, than putting some of these guys the way they're spanking some of the teams are going in front of them. Yeah. All right, that was a youth team. And it was always on Saturday. There was a main event as Bristol Rovers, the gas, came and visited <laughs> us at <laughs> Brisbane Road. Whoever named their team the gas? Anyway, before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on this one. We had 314 votes, which wasn't bad. You voted as follows. Only 8% of the fan base thinking the O's would lose this one. 16% thinking this would end in a draw. And 786 confident O's fans thinking the O's would get the win. So as always, thanks to everyone who voted in our Twitter poll for this one. Indeed. So the team was announced at 2 o'clock. Sol Brim was announced in goal. No surprise there. Ethan Galbraith, Omar Beckles, Brandon Cooper, Tom James with the back four. Idris El Mazzouni, Jordan Brown sat in front of them. And then a front three of um, Shaq Ford, George Moncur and Ollie O'Neill with Rul Satoru leading the line. The substitutes for this one were Howells, Hunt, Prattley, Sanders, Adewajay, Edwards and Piggott. Alright, that meant the O's named an unchanged starting eleven from Tuesday night's win over Blackpool. Although Joe Piggott did sneak into the bench and I didn't see this, so this might be relevant to my views later. I didn't realise Piggott was on the bench because I, right. I didn't look at the bench. I just saw it was unchanged. I thought, actually, I'll have that. So, your views when you saw that lineup announced, Mr. Levy? Yeah, I mean, I love an unchanged side. I've said Certainly that on, on many occasions. <laughs> but I think everyone deserves their place at the moment. Um, I, I think everyone's earned the right to play, and I think that's our strongest side with the players that we've got at the moment. I think you've got some some fairly good options on the bench as well, with um, Max Sanders um, as well there, and, and Pratty came on and did a good job Tuesday night. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to see perhaps Graham back and 
Adji back and, and, and so on, but they're a little way off yet. Yeah, when I saw that team, I wasn't surprised. I thought everyone deserved to keep the shirt. I did feel that it was going to be a big, big ask yeah. to beat Bristol Rovers. There's Bristol Rovers, although kind of mid-table, have got some big, big names for League One on their day they've who just can't budget. keep them fit. Yeah, they won. I don't know how. They've, under, they've, they've underperformed. You get 16,000 in that ground easy. 16, 17. Can you? Yeah, yeah it's a big old ground. You get a few in there. So, right. Uh, when the team was announced we had a few tweets Phil Vizi won said I vote confidence for a strong team with depth on the bench as proved by Hunt and Pratt's midweek I'm trusting in another top game from Monks as his resurgence continues excuse me you're okay there would say come on Orion <laughs> um, Len Chin Chin won said the Pirates come to E10 to get points O's need a win and have played well to avoid yellow cards and giveaways the opposition have talented competitive players and will make it a tough game however our current form gives us a good chance must continue our winning run and score goals. Certainly agree with that, Len. All right, Bristol Rovers got the game underway in a bright but cold E10 Leo's looking to build on Tuesday night's win against Blackpool. And in the first minute, quickly taken front from Ollie O'Neill, set Bruce to two-year away. Ruel drove forward, got a shot away, but Ward made a save with his feet as we won our first corner of the game. Good intent early on, good attack, good chance. Yeah. Maybe, I don't blame Ruel for shooting. You've got to feel that might have been an easy chance for Fawler if he squared it, but I wouldn't expect Royal to square that ball. He's never going to square. No. Never going to do that. Ten minutes on the clock now. Fast counter-attack from Rovers after Sinclair was put clear on their left, but some outstanding defending and covering from Ethan Galbraith. I remember that. That was in their half. They've then fed the ball through, and Ethan Galbraith kept pace with that Sinclair, and he was very good. And eventually, Ethan Galbraith blocked the shot, and uh, the danger was then gone. That was a lung-busting run from Ethan Galbraith. Uh, honestly, my pride for him for <laughs> doing that, considering he's not a right-back, but he was the covering man, and he did absolutely well. Uh, absolutely superbly there, blinding. All their danger was coming on that left hand side. They're like that Sinclair. Sinclair. That obviously their way fans are right on top of that. You could tell that as well. They had targeted and Sinclair was having early success. Well, to be fair, they were just getting round. The fullback was overlapping on forward, and it was just two v one consistently, which meant that Galbraith was getting drawn out to the, the fullback. Yeah, which meant Sinclair kept finding space and kept driving in. Yeah. That's what he does, essentially. And they'd obviously figured out or done their homework that Galbraith is a midfielder that's playing at right back. Very well, don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's not his natural position. Yeah, in the 14th minute, really should have been 1-0 to the visitors as Luke Thomas had a golden chance to put them ahead, but he completely miskicked his bare foot from close range. Somehow, the boy's foot, then bounced over his other foot and the chance was gone. Quite lucky with that one. Yeah, absolutely we were. Ruel Saturi met a Tom James corner at the near post, but glanced his, uh, but his glanced header was saved by Ward. That's a training ground routine all 100%. day long. I like it though. I've seen yeah, it yeah. before. And Saturi obviously done something a bit similar at home to Northampton. He's unlucky there. Let's skip forward in. To the 28th minute, Shaq Ford trips Sinclair as Bristol Rovers broke away right in front of the away fans. Free kick was floated into the box by Evans from their left. The veteran striker Chris Martin jumped. He may or may or not have got a touch on the ball. It's still so hard to tell. The ball flew into the far side of Solbrin's goal to give the visitors an undeserved lead to make it 1-0. Yeah, I, I still think he was offside and I still think that he didn't touch it. He was offside, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, right, let's move on then. Uh, Wilson was booked for a terrible foul on Shaq Ford after he was breaking away down our left. I mean, that looked like he just got cleaned out properly. That was terrible. It was one of those. It's, it looks worse than a yellow, but isn't quite a red. 
and that you're always going to yes. maybe shout for red but never really going to get it. It was yeah. a very deceitful challenge, but Wilson knew exactly what he was yeah, doing he, as he, he did. done it. All right, 44th minute, and I, my Beckles headed over following some good build-up play from the O's. Yeah, indeed. Three minutes of time went up on the board, a minimum of three additional minutes. No real further action to talk about for this one. The referee, who I didn't realise at the time was Darren uh, Drysdale, uh, full time whistle went, O's 1 0 down at the break. Certainly were. All right, attendance was announced at 8,769, with around about 1,200 away fans making the journey. Well supported team, always bring a lot down to ET. Yeah. I was pleasantly expected. surprised, to be honest. I thought they might take six, six 700, oh. but to, to fill that out, and they were quite noisy as well uh, at times. Lads, I think. Yeah, I think there was a group of young lads the, there. The doing thing that you that. could tell from there is that that was probably. <laughs> The business I've seen in a way and without any of them wearing football shirts. And you can tell what like it's all like young lads, like the contingent. There's about four people wearing the Bristol Rovers shirt in it. Yeah. The rest were in Stone Island. Yeah. They were. Like, the couch, I made a yeah. comment to uh, Chris. the guy that's next to me. I was like, you can tell they're up for a scuff, like none of them wearing Bristol Rovers stuff. They're all wearing like young laddish clothes. Yeah. Football football gear. But not not football club here. <laughs> Ian Hutchinson, 08, tweeted us at half time. Said very flat first half. We look tired and lacking any real quality. We need the player to step. Need the players to step up, take control in the second half, or the game will drift away from us. All right, two half time changes for the O's. Oli O'Neill came off as well as George Mancuso, replaced by Caden Edwards and Max Sanders. Our should, should be key on apologies. I did um, raise my eyebrows. I know why they came off, but Oli O'Neill once again looked like the. The, one of the most productive players out on the pitch as did Moncur to be fair when you replace those players with Sanders and Edwards thinking they're going to have the same impact on the pitch it's going to be difficult when you need your best Sanders I knew would but I don't think Edwards has kind of adjusted or adapted as well to league what life in league one it's his first loan I make no judgement or criticism of him but I think he's found it a little bit tougher maybe that's just the, the position that he plays uh, and others haven't, but again, um, it's just say what we see. Absolutely. 46 minutes in, we started the half sharply. You could tell they had a rocket, I think, at half-time. They came up much more yeah. committed to the cause. Omar Beckles somehow got in the way of a shot. Satoru didn't have a penalty claim denied in the same passage of play, and Idris Elmazuni had a shot which went wide. Yeah, 50 minutes. At the, yeah, that was terrible. That was all day long a penalty. 50 minutes on the clock, a superb long ball from Solbrin to Shaq Ford was touched out for a corner. Keon Edwards' uh, shot was then deflected out for another corner that came to nothing and the O's started to put pressure on the visitors. We certainly were putting pressure on the visitors. In the uh, 58th minute, Val was booked for Bristol Rovers as he made a deliberate handball as Ford was starting to put away from him. And then from that free kick, we eventually won a corner and a minute later won another corner that came to nothing. I think it's best to say we were having lots of corners, which have generally been pretty good over the last couple of weeks, but... Not so strong in this match, I would say. No, I, I totally agree. And I noticed that when um, Ethan Galbraith takes them or Max Sanders takes them, they generally tend to to sort of have slightly better quality. Um, 68 minutes on the clock now. Another corner for the O's after some good build-up play. And the corner was poor, unfortunately. Didn't even make it into the box. It curled out. I think into the side netting, um, which is unfortunate. 74th minute now, um, Orient substitutions as Idris El Mazzuni was replaced by Rob Hunt and Ruel Sotiriou was replaced by Dan Adu Ajayi. Uh, five minutes later, Max Sanders shot into the arms of Ward from around 20 yards out. And then in, in the 82nd minute, yeah, as we were preparing to take another corner, Brandon Cooper seemed to go down in the box. Uh, Wilson of Bristol Rovers was shown a red card for striking the Welsh Wizard 
Uh, Cooper received a booking for his involvement in that. Uh, also, Grant and Evans picked up yellow cards uh, as well. Now, I have to say, I did notice the referee, uh, Drysdale, seemed to be sort of holding the... Um, uh, the earpiece uh, further into his ear because one of the uh, assistants had picked up on the fact that there was some sort of violent contact between um, uh, Cooper and, and, and Wilson, Wilson striking uh, Cooper. I thought it was odd that, uh, that Cooper had just gone down, but um, yeah, as it, as it turned out, they, uh, they seem to have made that call, call right by all accounts. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the strike and it's not on any kind of footage, but they're Highlights missed it. Maybe closer look will pick it up. Possibly, yeah. But I mean, he went down holding his stomach. Chest, yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, in the 86 minute, in the aforementioned Cooper was subbed off. On came Joe Piggott. When I saw Joe Piggott coming, I was like, Piggott's on the bench. Yeah. I couldn't believe like he was on the bench and hadn't been bought on earlier. Um, I think that's. I think you make that right. I make you right on that. I would have bought Joe on minutes earlier as well. I, I would have bought him on at half time. I really would. I, I felt like you look at the Bristol Rovers I think I've got this in my notes anyway you look at the Bristol Rovers back line they're big they are mass they're ginormous that, I can't remember what his name they're was they're 26 like Dagger really or someone yeah. he was like a man mountain he's yeah. like 6 foot 8 yeah. and you're putting on Edwards you're putting on like a kid against some 20 year old inexperienced kid I would have put on Piggott against him all day long I know Piggott's been badly out of form look I'm not one of Piggott's biggest fans I think anyone who listens to the podcast will know that and I think Edwards has done fairly mm. well since he's been here. But I thought yesterday was a complete mismatch. I, when I saw Piggott run on the pitch, I was like, I can't believe he's on the on the bench and you've brought on not only Edwards over him, but you've also brought on Adu Ajay over him. What is Joe Piggott thinking when he's sitting there? Yeah, I must be thinking my, my days here are numbered. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah I, I was gobsmacked when I saw him come on the pitch, but I was like, all right, well, that's a good sub. Obviously, they've got 10 men on. We've got an extra man. We've taken off a defender for a forward, so we're going to go for it. I like the thinking behind it. I was just surprised Piggott wasn't on the pitch earlier mm. um, within that. But a minute later, we won another corner from which Ward made a good diving save from a Max Sanders effort, which was curling into that bottom corner. Again, won the corner and that came to nothing. I thought Sanders was looking like the one who was going to make something happen. Correct. He kept picking it up and trying to find the angle to get a shot away when maybe when you've got an O'Neill there to pass to or someone making runs, he would have been passing. But I think Sanders was trying to find that little magic route to go. It was unlucky that it was going to say for more to be fair to him. Indeed. Five minutes, minimum five minutes went up on the board, surprisingly given the suspension, uh, mm. the red card, yeah. the yellows and the and the substitutes. Uh, in the third minute, Joe Piggott was played in behind the Rovers' defence by Dan Adouajay. His shot across the goal was well saved by Ward, but the end referee, again, Drysdale, ended up giving a free kick when it Clearly, I didn't see it at the time, but watching the replay back, you can clearly see he gets a hand to it. I think that's more for the, I think that's more for the lino to make to make a call who's in line. So I think Drysdale, although he's not the best of refs, I think the lino's let him down there big time. I thought that was a really clever ball from Adi like, yeah. again perfectly weighted, and I think yeah. Pickett's run is actually quite good. And at the time, I thought he didn't make the save, but then obviously on TV when you're watching the highlights back, he clearly makes a good save. Yeah. That was going in from Ward and that was yeah. from sorry, that was going Pigger. in from Piggott yeah. and was a decent effort. I think he can count himself fairly unlucky. And who knows if that corner's given, maybe we score from it and it was a completely different complexion. But I guess we'll never know as that goal kick was given and no further action to talk about. The referee blew the full time whistle as Rovers held out to take the points home with a one win despite a spirited O's performance. Now Richie Wellen spoke to Dave Victor, we're not going to play it. That's been on the club's YouTube channel now for well over 24 hours but if you do want to listen to that 
you can find that on the club's YouTube channel. So league table in, that defeat means we have dropped back to ninth uh, from eighth position now in League One as Blackpool won two in a way at Shrewsbury yesterday. We've now played 36, 115. Draw nine, lost 12. Goal difference is back to zero. Just can't make that goal difference plus stick, can we? It keeps going up. You're right. 54 points. So, Bearded Lejande, your views on yesterday's match? Yeah, look, one of those games, you know, we huffed and puffed a lot, um, but we lacked shots at goal. I thought it was very frustrating that they tried to play too many passes when the shot was on at at various different times. I don't think Ward was tested anywhere near enough um, and anywhere near the amount he should have been. Uh, for the amount of possession that we had. 18 corners, terrible corners, most of them. Most of them. Um, we looked tired, I thought, as well. I thought we did look tired, especially uh, in the first half. Understandably. Uh, understandably yeah, yeah. tired. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, look, we, we've got a small squad, but highly capable and highly technical squad, um, technically gifted squad, and we've got injuries, so we haven't got that rotation. So the same players are playing, and we play a very high-intensive press, and that is knackering. We've probably got the fittest players in the division yeah. because based on up the there. press that we do. Mm. Absolutely up there. Um, it's like we're trying to walk the ball into the back of the net when actually just take a shot. <laughs> it might take a ricochet. Joe Piggott could take a shot, ricochets off someone and, 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 and it's a goal. It's, it's, it's all we need. Frustrated with very poor officials. I've got no idea how Drysdale is still a referee. Uh, he let Rovers players get away with fouls all the time. Several in front, of, one in front of the linesman where um, Edwards had it, and and it or or Ford had it, and he literally fouled next to him. Um, and on one of them, I think the ball went out of play, but the linesman did put like the guy standing next to him when he heads the ball. It, it, it's shocking, absolutely shocking. But credit to him, in fairness. For whoever spotted the violent mm. incident between Wilson and Cooper, that I will say is well done. Rovers were very good at defending. They looked quite quick on the counter. They got some very useful players. Two good wingers. Uh, they got two good wingers, and they did. They were well drilled. Um, I wasn't expecting that. They're big boys, but they can play, uh, which is good. Overall, look, it's not a bad week. It's one loss in 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 many that we've that we've had. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, I thought we'd take four points from uh, from this week's game, uh, from this week's games. Um, and we've taken three. We're still in the top ten. No, no complaints from me, to be honest with you. I, I can't see what there is to complain about. Yes, we should have won. Yes, we could have won. We didn't. And we've taken three out of six. I'm, 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 and we're, we're ninth in the league. Paul's happy. All right. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as people should be. Absolutely. All right. I mean, I've got to say, I think with a first 11, I think if you've got Adji as a centre-forward and Gray maybe on the right and... Oh, a fit O'Neill or a Theo on the left, I think we absolutely spanked that team. But that's not what we had. I think first half, though, it was far too easy for Bristol Rovers, consistently down their left. Our right, Sinclair ran us ragged, I think. He's still a quality player, given his age. Poor goal to concede. So, even though he was offside, <clears throat> still a poor goal. Like, he's still got no one near him. Like, I think that's his 11th goal in 11 games, 15th goal of the season. And we're nowhere near him. So, I think it's disappointing from a defensive point of view, even though... You can argue. You can argue. We say the officials were um, not their best. I think Edwards hates to say it. Not the right game for Edwards. Million miles off. I don't think he won many battles. The effort is there. The determination is there. He's not a League One ready player, unfortunately. So I was. I don't know what you do with him now, really. Like he'll end up being on the bench. I'm sure he'll get more game time, but it cameos doesn't, doesn't really feel like it's, it's it's productive to me. That one. I think second half we did work our socks off. Worked so hard. Lots of huff and puff. Just came up short. I think there was no, there wasn't much quality. 
up front, like we were saying, Sanders having to kind of make angles, trying to make something happen. There's no one on that pitch you thought could make something really, really happen by the time Moncoe and O'Neill come off. And like I say, I'm gobsmacked in a game that I think was calling out for him. Piggott doesn't come on at half-time. I really am. I can't understand how Edwards and Adu Ajay get on before him. I'm happy to, to have anyone kind of clarify that for me. I, I just thought that was Piggott's game. Given the size of the defenders, I can't believe Piggott wasn't on before then. But look, disappointed by Saturday's result. But to be fair, apart from two or three clubs like in that division, I think if you take out the players who we don't have available, so we don't have a first-choice centre-back available, our first-choice centre-forward isn't available, our first-choice right winger or attacker isn't available. And given the amount of games we've played, I think the squad's done amazingly well. So that's a massive testament to Richie Wellens in terms of how he's managed his squad in recent weeks. And hopefully that continues for a long, long time. But I will say, though, I know we're going in the right direction and everything's looking good for next season. League One is a beast next season. League One is much tougher next season than what it is this season in terms of the teams who I think will come into the division as opposed to the teams who are going to come into the division. Mm. You look at the Championship, all that Rotherham coming down, maybe Sheffield Wednesday. That Championship relegation race, there could be like eight or nine Stoke. teams now. They're all QPR have started winning, Stoke Cube. have started winning, they're all winning now and they're dragging in teams like Blackburn and Swansea are starting to get dragged into it it could go Millwall like look doomed and now they've won their last two but they're still quite near it and then obviously from below I think if Wrexham come up Wrexham walk league one next season which I think you can just see yeah, a mile off you just see an absolute mile off so it's going to be interesting what happens next season which is why I think we need to really I'm still kind of hopeful that we can get something out of this season but look even if we don't get playoffs this season it's been amazing anyway mm. and we'll, we'll recount that I guess at the end of the season finale but you know we're ninth. we're still in it with 10 games left I never thought we'd be we'd be saying that mm. at all so it's a testament to Richie Wellens and the squad is very exciting to be a nose fan at the moment and the fact that they're all pretty much young players who are making us excited O'Neill Galbraith Brown, Brown. Sanders Sotiriu they're all like Theo even though he's unavailable they're also like the right side of 20 the, the, the future like looks good that's right which, which, is, which is amazing so those were our views maybe long winded I'm not sure but we did have plenty of your views at the full time whistle when the full time whistle went was like Ron Sampson 15 so an amazing effort but only three shots at goal and only mm. Sanders second shot which tested the keeper I think Edward G looks better than Edwards playoffs aren't happening but 10 out of 10 for effort I think that's why people weren't so fast based that they can see how hard the team are working as long as the effort is there always doesn't matter yeah always that is always the situation if you can see the effort is there it's just not coming off mm. you can uh, we've said that when we've lost games where the effort hasn't been there and we've lost a game it's unacceptable and conversely to that where we see the effort is there and it's just not worked yeah. we're alright with that I'm, I'm alright with yeah. that Samuel LOFC 97 said it's the end of another grueling week but 6 points from 9 against Oxford Blackpool and Rovers is still a good return total domination second half and on a Another day, we scored one of those chances. Just one of those days. Doesn't change the number of points we need to get to where we want. The linesman down the west side, totally inept. Uh, they seem to uh, they seem to get worse every week. How they haven't seen that Piggott save, if Martin scores, he's offside. Only five added. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. not happy there with the Five minutes added on. Orient yeah. underscore Ed. It's the most orient thing that could have happened. Two good results, and then one we really win, we lose. <laughs> the ball never really fell for us. Galbraith was a standout and Shaq tried hard but just couldn't get through. Edwards looked poor again. 
on to Wigan next. Yeah, Matty, LOFC Evans said, if you'd have said to me six points from nine against Oxford, Blackpool and Bristol Rovers, I would have been pleased. Disappointed to lose, but six off the playoff still. Stevenage game, looking like it's still the game to decide our season. The occasional one, so I'm afraid to say it, but these lone kids are well off the pace. We've got our own kids. What's happened to Pegram? Good question. Good question. Yeah. Dan Alton, 2590, said, I thought it might be similar to Burton. Players looked tired in the first half and conceded a sloppy goal. Offside, but nevertheless, it's still sloppy. And for all the possession and pressure in the second half, their keeper didn't make a save until the 89th minute. Great season regardless. Good tweet. Good tweet. Daniel underscore D44. There were some good performances, particularly James and Sanders. But we are paying the price by not having enough good attacking options. Disappointing to lose to a team that didn't have a proper shot on target. And the ref and Lino on the west side. Shocking. Mark Ross, 6-3-6-8-5-9... Uh, 09 said sorry 89509 said we've given our all just not cute enough at times love everything we're doing as a team with great with a great manager but leaving Wellens with these two low knees up top is nothing short of scandalous scandalous like a mystique popular 32 so we huffed and puffed but no cutting edge build up play was okay but it was obvious that a lack of experience up front showed today I really like Ford and he's still learning but some of his decisions were questionable Edwards also out of his depth. James Eastwood 83 said, one of those games where the ball didn't fall right and they defended resolutely. Good reaction in the second half to a flat first, but we needed to test the keeper earlier than we did. Surely, after 17 corners in a game and not scoring, we need an, a set-piece coach on to Wigan. <laughs> James, what are you saying, mate? Dear Stu, it's really absolutely knackered in the first half. Real needs to square the ball in the first minute, so shooting. Just don't understand why we were so shot-shy. Have a shot, and the ball can go anywhere with a ricochet. Only positive for Sanders' performance in the second half. He was very good. Boatsy said, uh, Welcome to normality. 17 corners and we just couldn't break them down. Officials were poor, but I think our lack of squad depth combined with injuries to key players really showed. The playoffs was always a push, but we need to keep going in the last 10 games. Good tweet there from Ben. Very. Hope he enjoyed his day out at Brisbane Road yesterday. Orient Rob said, While the ref was atrocious, it was our inability to turn <coughs> into chance, sorry, possession into chances or chances into shots on target has cost us. I can only remember their keeper being tested once. His dive to the left near the end. Stroud Greeno said, given the, given the balance of play and the fact their goal looked to be offside, I thought we merited at least a point from that. Just wasn't our day, and that happens. Edwards, unfortunately, not ready for senior football. Piggott should have come on ahead of him, despite his woes. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Jake Murphy Media has kept it short and sweet. First game today where you really notice the injured players not being available. Do you know what? I, I felt the same. Like, I did feel like if we had Adji, like midway through that half, I thought he would just be giving him so much trouble. Jordan just Graham. Just that physical yeah. attacking presence yesterday. Yeah, I agree. Les LK52 says, sometimes I just wish they would shoot when they get in and around the area. It's the reason we haven't been prolific in front of goal all season. But when you consider who was missing today, that wasn't a bad performance. And we deserve the point. It's still not over yet this season. It certainly isn't. John W999 says, credit to Bristol Rovers. They defended their box superbly. And at the end, we were carrying too many inexperienced forward players. Edwards and Adu Ajay may go on to have very good careers but it's a lot to expect them to see us over the line in tight matches like this. Good Essex, point again. Yeah, at Essex Bear said, said, great shift by the lads, but it was one game too far. We just lacked that bit of cutting edge in the final third today. And with the gas not playing on Tuesday, it was telling. A good rest now for the lads, ready for 10 cup finals. Really looking forward to this run-in. Another good point there. Bristol Rovers obviously didn't play on Tuesday. A bit fresher, a bit more experienced as well. And yeah. they just worked against us. Good to see you on Tuesday evening, John. In the South. Yeah, absolutely. Gould Howard said, seen lots of, not an excuse, but they're tidy marks. 
The stats say not. The stats say we don't score enough goals with a high percentage of possession and we let goals in when the opposition have minimal chances. That's another very good point. They didn't have many chances. No. They barely had one, a shot on target. Yeah. And again, they scored. We spoke about this against Northampton and Burton where I think Northampton had three shots on target the game. Yeah. Score their three. Burton had two. Score, score their two. two. So yeah. we, yeah, it's a good point. They're well made at Howard. Howard goes to say, that's basics. We are good. But we could be better. Yeah, agreed. Chris Code five six six eight oh seven double nine said, "I think too many of our youngsters ran out of steam today." Ollie O'Neill looked out on his feet. Shaq too. Jordan Brown didn't quite impose himself uh, today, and the injuries to Dan Aggie, Jordan Grant, Dan Happy, and Theo just caught up with us. This awful inept referee yeah. also didn't help either. And I think it's fair to say no one's blaming the ref for the fact that we didn't score goals, but I think we could have and should have had more from that game. Yeah, good point. Final word, this one goes to Orient Meat Pie. said, playoffs were always a long shot. I think the injuries and lack of squad depth have hurt us. You also can't have 10 million corners and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Lots of possession, no cutting gauge. Disappointing, but not a catastrophe. So those were views that came into our social media accounts, particularly uh, Twitter. Do you agree or disagree with them? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us. We're at Orient Outlook. You can email us if you're not on social media. We're Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. But if you are on socials, we're also on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Uh, and we're also just search us on Facebook, Orient Outlook podcast. All right. Prediction League update. We had one correct prediction. Goes to Orient underscore Ed in the South Stand. He sits right in front of us. So lucky Ed. Gets three points, so not much movement of the back of yesterday, meaning the top of the prediction league is as follows. So 25 points leading the way is Dave Brew, 47976911 on 24 points. Following him is Eastside Orient on 23 points, Dan William H. And on 22 points, Rio underscore Orient. So a point literally divides the top four places. Mm-hmm. So lots to play for. Our full table can be found on our Facebook page. As always, thanks to everyone for their predictions. So that wraps up Saturday. So let's move on then to Sunday, the 3rd of March. Earlier on today, the O's ladies took a break from the Greater London League action um, with a League Cup game away at Premier League rivals Hammersmith. All right, we played them a few weeks ago. Uh, We lost there 2-1, so we went looking there to set the record straight. Recent recruit Chloe Owen was given a chance in starting 11 due to in part of the continued absence of key midfielder. Katie Hunt and that part there was no sign of fielding anything other than the forward strength side while our leading scorer Leanne Bates starting from the subs bench did raise a few eyebrows amongst the regular onlookers the game resembled the previous meeting in that Orient continued to play the ball on the floor and to work it out of defence despite a high and aggressive press from Hammersmith who were again more reliant on quick breakaways it was those possession football which drew the home players to press in the middle of the park and thus leave a gap or two at the back Grace Collins-Edwards took advantage of the extra room in the 15th minute when she was found by a Layla May Duffield cross and hit a sweet shot, leaving the homekeeper with little or no chance. Yeah, Grace repeated the move just before half-time and hit another cross from the left with a sweetly timed looping volley which flew over the stranded Hammersmith keeper. Leanne Bates joined the fray at the hour mark and 10 minutes later did what she does best by running onto a long channel ball from Grace Collins-Edwards. She outpaced both the central defender and the outrushing keeper to put the ball expertly into the vacant net. She did. The O's women were now lording it over their opponents and clearly enjoying putting the record straight about who are the better side. The clubs will meet again in the league at some point, but in the meantime, it was the O's who moved on to a League Cup quarter final. So yeah. for those... Yep, go on. I was just going to say, well done. Yeah, it is well <laughs> done. That's, that's great. It's a tremendous result. Uh, if you want to follow uh, the Orange women's games, but you can't attend a match... There is a comprehensive text service available every Sunday. It's live from half past one until the game is over. And that's on www.lofcwomen.com. 
dot com. And I think I saw some highlights from one of their games a couple of weeks ago on YouTube earlier. So um, if uh, footage seems to be coming out, which is great, yeah, it makes brilliant. it easier to follow. Great roundup there. So thanks to lfcwomen.com for sending over Much appreciated. great stuff. All right, so in one hour. And just over 11 minutes, let's wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football update. Jamie Wernham is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League, he's got 1,732 points. Mm. He's ahead of Josh Abrahams, only by seven points. He's in second place. So come on, Josh, you're almost there. I have taken a drastic turn for the worse and have fallen to 270th place. Although I will say this week isn't over yet. There's loads of Arsenal players to score points. You would imagine... Tomorrow, so let's hope they do me a solid. I hate yeah. Arsenal, but I'd quite like him to win tomorrow. Yeah. I'd quite a convincing amount. I'd quite, I'd quite like Saka to score five goals tomorrow. That'd do me, that would do me the world of good. All right, Very positives nice. and negatives of the week, Mr. Yeah. Levy. Let's do that then. So the positives, obviously, our win against Blackpool. Obviously, also additionally, we kept a clean sheet against Blackpool. It's always a good thing. Uh, and Ollie O'Neill's two goals in two games. Yeah, following on, obviously, that's from Oxford from Blackpool. and Blackpool yeah. as well. I mean, the Blackpool game. Now it was like ages ago, but that was a hell of a performance. That was only like five times ago. That was yeah, brilliant. absolutely. So, or it's two two goals in three games. Yeah, if yeah, you absolutely. want to include yesterday's half as well. Yeah. Negatives of the week: then the loss to Bristol Rovers yesterday, hard one to take. Bearing in mind uh, the performance, also dropping from eighth to ninth in League One, we just don't seem to be able to get over that eighth place and that positive goal difference hurdle. So two negatives there against three positives. All right, hero of the week then. So I guess pretty unanimous on the yeah. outlook. Podcast Towers. This week's hero of the week is Ollie O'Neill. Yeah, well done, Ollie. Well played, Ollie. Well deserved. I mean, we could have given it to the to the U team again for the week could've that done. they had. So we're a little bit sport for choice in that uh, in that yeah. side of things. So next week, just the one fixture as we go all the way up to former Premier League outfit Wigan Athletic. They're thirteenth in League One after they lost four two away at Fleetwood on Saturday. They've now got XO Charlie Kelman mm. in their ranks as well. If you are going, have a safe trip. Uh, the journey, uh, and and if you on that journey, tweet us. Let us know that you're on your way up there, uh, and safe travels to all concerned. All right, all right. It's good to see just one game next week. Sponsorship reminded. Don't forget to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced floors. You can give them a call. 0208 529 4130. You can get in contact with the team on social media. Carol Langley for or Essex Biz on Twitter, Instagram Carol Langley Flores. I'm on Facebook, Carol Langley Flores. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 349. It was another busy week at the O's with two fixtures being played, a win and a loss, and a controversial signing as the season is starting to enter its final stages. And incredibly, we are still in with a chance of the playoffs. And if we beat Wigan next week, the league table could look very different. So we look forward to talking about this match and hopefully three points for the Orient in the next week's very special our very special 350th episode obviously we've done much more when you take into account the dozens of interviews that we've done as well but from an episode plan point of view it is our 350 we couldn't be prouder and we couldn't have done it without everybody listening but we'll come on to that next week I think it's almost 400 I think it's next over week. 400 absolutely alright we will or about we will find our way and let you know what it is but nonetheless 350 very special times me and Paul hold hands as we uh, transmit this podcast to you so if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe give the podcast a 5 star rating we know more than 116 of you are listening on iTunes so stop it now you've listened to the basis go and give us a rating you can not listen to the last 2 minutes if you don't need to you're there on iTunes if you're listening on Spotify you can also rate the show. So again, just go to Rate Show, give us five stars. You can only do that on the Spotify app. You can also leave a comment on each episode. So thank you to Johnny Epstein who left the comment on last week's episode. Thank you for that, Johnny. And nice to see you uh, on the way home from Blackpool. 
on Tuesday. And don't forget to follow us or add us to your favourites on your chosen podcast providers. There's lots out there. We know you listen in all different ways, and that way you'll get the podcast as soon as they become available online. We are on all smart speakers. We are on the Fan Hub app. We are also on YouTube. So listening to the podcast has literally never been easier for yeah. you. We say every week, if you've got an older relative, a loved one, an orient chum, someone at work who's disillusioned with Tottenham, West Ham, Arsenal, Chelsea, whoever, and they're thinking about coming to Orient, seeing lots more faces down Orient, seeing a lot more faces down Leighton Station. 100%. That on was a, match a nightmare day. getting home yesterday. <laughs> I couldn't get first time in eight in years. I've not been able to get into the, just walk straight into the station. Yeah, so there's lots of you come in. If, you, if you're sitting next to someone who doesn't look familiar and you get talking to them, Make sure they follow the Orient Outlook podcast on Twitter. Make sure they're listening to us. Recommend us. And don't forget to pass that pod. Indeed. We'll be back next week, as we said earlier, with 300, episode 350, with all the information, news and views that you could ever need. And we look forward to hearing from you in the meantime. And as always, keep calm, stay safe. Please do have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.